Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right. We're talking about season two, episode eight of Hannibal on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Baltimore Institute for the Criminally Insane. This is the Dish by Dish, a Hannibal Rewatch Project podcast, our kill-by-kill side project, where we watch an episode of Hannibal, and then we talk about it. And of course, there's only one person I trust. If I ask her, is your social worker in that horse? She will give me an honest answer. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? All I have to say uh, is to our listeners is buckle up, chuckle fucks, because if if you thought things were weird up to this point, (laughs) let me tell you. Yeah, they're uh, they're off the fucking chain here. This is this is literally the wild. I mean, it's crazy how much happens here, but literally how much doesn't happen in this in this episode because if i enjoyed the killer of the week sort of sitch but i've also enjoyed the slow descent into some sort of psychedelic miasma that has been season two and here we kind of combine both of those factors into one of the wildest weirdest and interesting in my opinion episodes of the entire season yeah, and also we are introduced to now. See, I'm looking at it in terms of oh, things are really going to get weird now, as you know, already knowing what's coming. Yeah, with the introduction of a of a specific character. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if, if you have read the book Hannibal, uh, as soon as you hear this character's name, you're going to be like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is uh, one of the more interesting facets of this sort of um, unmoored telling of the Hannibal story is that it can do anything with everything but Silence of the Lambs that it wants to. And here they really start to take advantage of that, of taking characters that exist within this universe and giving them a better chance to shine with an audience than the previous versions that were seen on the silver screen. Right. Correct. Uh, and the movie Hannibal, which I still not have not watched again. I was going <laughs> to say, you haven't, you, haven't, you haven't seen it before. You've seen it before though, right? Yes. I, I, well, I ran to the movie theater, Gina, of course I had to be there. Uh, and then I sat in stunned silence up until the end of the movie <laughs> when someone has served their own brain. And I'm like, this is what I came here to watch everybody. It should be that is cinema. Yeah, very much so. And, and the rest the of that thing, orange mess, I'm not too sure about. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, though, is when you read the book, the book is even weirder. Oh, yeah. Because you, you can tell much by looking at the book that when they decided they were going to adapt it, they're going through it. It's like, oh, we can't put this in there. Oh, no, we okay. can't put this in here. This is weird. Oh, how much time are we spending in Venice? Really? Okay. I, I'm sorry. Where did they put that cattle prod? Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> where we're not putting that in. I'm sorry. Who straps it on? And uh, <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> strap on cattle prod. Oh, Gina. I'm sorry, Hannibal and Clarice are lovers now? What? Uh, <laughs> why pardon? are they waltzing together? Am I supposed to be able, feel good about this? I, I, 
I mean, this is not a let's review Hannibal the book podcast. And yet I, I would be remiss as to not set the, the stage for how I read that particular section. I was sitting on Universal City Walk, as was my job at the time. I was supposed to observe uh, acts, singers, puppeteers, doofuses who would do acts on City Walk. And I would make sure that their electrical cords were taped down so people didn't uh, trip over them. And I had to review this every half an hour. So I'm sitting there, I'm reading this book at what was then called Upstart Crow, which was a bookstore slash sandwich shop that had one good sandwich. And I'm reading this thing, like how they're dancing together and she's wearing a blue dress. Like I remember details from it. And she but, shows up and she shows him, shows him her boob. And it's just yeah. like, come on, man. What the fuck is happening here? And, and, it's so, and it's so bizarre because... Like Red Dragon, and even to a certain extent, um, the Sounds of the Lambs are are fairly straightforward books. I mean, there, there yes. are there are, there are some weird elements to them, like like uh, like Francis Dollarhide like eating an entire fucking painting. Well, but, it's delicious, Gina. But, we can all agree it's delicious. But it was there were still you know both straightforward murder mysteries, and then yeah. you know Thomas Harris goes completely off the rails. It's one of those things when. People don't understand their own creations. Right. <laughs> just, you know, and it's not to say I understand them better. It's simply that they've laid them out in such a way that they are easily understandable. And then when they veer too crazily off the path, just just take a complete right hand turn off the freeway, off the course that they've set the character on. And there's no real emotional or character payoff for it. It is memorable, not in a good way. And it's it's like it's like he anticipated his own. It's like he anticipated fan fiction and decided he was going to beat everyone to the to the punch. True. Yes. And he also was under the belief that we liked those characters together because there was sexual tension. And the answer to that is, oh no, there was not. No. 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 It is an exploration of how you can be emotionally connected to a therapist and how psychology is a very intimate relationship. But I would, (laughs) that is not to say that I want to see them have an actual intimate relationship. Right. Exactly. Dancing. That's um, after you've eaten brain together. (laughs) Because what better aphrodisiac is there? I I certainly can't think of one. I he's drunk her like there's there's a complete absence of the thing that they have with one another and the thing that is actually explored in the Hannibal TV show to bring it back around is that the intimacy that one has in a therapist session of exposing how you think and exposing how you feel and how that be how that can be manipulated how that can be exposed the danger of it and so forth is to a degree is somewhat equal to an intimate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And after considering the, uh, the the killer of the week in this one and what he does uh, for a living, this, uh, this show has a lot to say uh, about the, um, the therapeutic industry (laughs) (laughs) and none of it good. Yeah. Um, And yet, you and I have both participated in therapy 
And I would say it has been a net good. In yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But, but here there's, there is, you know, you've got, you've got Hannibal Lecter, you've got Dr. Chilton, you've got Dr. Dumarier, you've got, uh, this, the killer of the week turns out to be a social worker who, who acts as a sort of therapist to another mm-hmm. character. And they're all like manipulative and, and kind of in, in it for their own, uh, their own purposes and, and not terribly altruistic. And, and, you know, some of them are planting, you know, planting destructive ideas in other people's minds. And it's like, man, some one of you, one of y'all had a bad experience with a therapist <laughs> at some point. Cause this is some work and some shit out. Yes. I think the veneer is coming off of their relationships ultimately. And this, this is the process. This is the this is the suite of shows, and we'll talk about it more uh when we talk about episode nine. Um, but there's there's a becoming aspect here. There's a lot of transformation. We're getting sections of um, both red dragon and, and silence sort of transposing into these other sort of stories. Like George Lucas once said, it all rhymes. And here we're getting a lot of rhyming of that transformation element because we have, we open on, uh, well, I, we won't say that we open. We open on Hannibal making fish, but let's let's talk about when we go to the stables because we discover uh, what we thought was a a a horse that had died in childbirth is actually been stuffed with a human being, a sort of turducken, a corpse in a horse, a corpse and, and, in a horse. And, and, and that and that corpse has has a has a, a live bird sewn up inside of her. Yeah. So again, it's a turducken live bird inside a lady inside a horse. Um, and we're getting a lot of cocooning imagery, which of course refers back to silence. So all of this is to say that what we knew of these characters is one thing. And now their relationship with one another is transforming them into something else. And this is the, manifestation of the week of their relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, Here's the, this is wild to me. Both Jack and Will know that Hannibal eats people. Let's just come out and say it. Yeah. There's a lot of very uh, polite talking through the teeth. In the, in the next couple episodes where it's yeah. like, we, we all know what's really going on here, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to wait for you to say it. Yes. But when, luckily for both Jack and Will this week, they're having an, uh, they're, they're not having a protein based dish. So therefore <laughs> Will announces it will, it was my turn to provide the meat. Um, and then, oh, I, yeah, more. I love everything. Everything they say is with a knowing glance. <laughs> like that was a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is not how human beings talk, but I didn't tune in to Hannibal to watch human beings interact. Did, 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 did you know these characters? I, I love that, that, that the, 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 the fish is served eating its own tail. He yeah. like like he made an Ouroboros out of the fish, and I I just love that. <laughs> I I I love it. It's not subtle at all, but no. I love it. No, it isn't. It is not. And 
Um, the fact that they're just dancing around this serial killer because they know, well, we don't really have enough on him. So we kind of have to wait him out. And it's, again, we're going back to, it's a dance with Hannibal. And, only and, a much more believable one. And Hannibal's like, yeah, I know you said someone to kill me, but let's let bygones be bygones. This is all really, <laughs> this is all really Dr. Chilton's fault anyway, isn't it? Yeah. When you think about it, it comes down to Chilton and he got, he got what's coming to him. So like we, we cool, we cool. Uh, because he wants he wants that connection. He still wants the connection to the FBI because it he it's a pipeline of information and a status symbol. And he is, wants to be intimately connected to Will. He wants that friendship. He wants somebody who understands who he is and how he thinks. That's what he wants. And when he gets it, it's not all that he wanted it to be, at least this version of it. So we're also, as we mentioned before, uh, we have a new player to the Hannibal lineup, and that's Margot Verger. Verger? 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 I think it's actually, I've actually heard it pronounced both ways. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say, I'll say Verger. Yeah. Uh, she seems to have a seriously shitty brother, for those who are not in the know. <laughs> oh, boy. And, and she tried to kill him, as you do, and ended up with a broken arm and a really swell suit by the looks of it. Yeah, um, she is uh, another incredibly attractive member of the cast. It is uh, uh, Catherine Isabel, which which yes. you, you, you horror fans will be familiar with that name. Yes. And, uh, of course, the, 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 the true coup de grace, the... the Stay tuned, I would assume, for the two of us is to one day do the werewolf movies because, or at least the first one, I think has to be talked about. Although I, I feel like a lot of people who are right in that lane have been there before us, but um, uh, she's so good in those movies and she deserves an. Uh, it is one thing to be revered within a genre, but I feel like her performance on Hannibal shows people she can do a lot of different things, not just horror stuff. And certainly it's a much better opportunity to show her talents than, I don't know, Freddie versus Jason. Well, yes. <laughs> I almost forgot she was in that, Jesus. I, I, I thought about it the other night when I was walking around and I, I got mad all over again <laughs> at the way her character is treated it is it is uh angering it is per perhaps i think the thing i'm most angry about ultimately out of that movie well she she is avenged more or less in the movie american mary in yeah, which oh, that's very true yeah which she is which is a, a uh i guess you could classify as a rape revenge movie uh, which is yes. which is not one of my favorite genres of, of, of horror movies, but she's quite good in it. Very, um, very good in it. And not, if you're not, if you're looking for some pretty good kills, try mm -hmm. American Mary. Yes, some fantastic gore. I do think it is the best directed film by that particular pair, whose names will go unmentioned. Yes, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, and uh sad <laughs> to me to my mind yeah yeah we, we we may just have to completely not cover that but yeah, yeah if, you, if you could find a way to watch it where they don't get any money for it go go, mm. go go ahead and give it a watch yeah 
Um, and so well, you had she's said you, on the scene. You had said that, uh, if I could interrupt for a second, you, sure. you had said that um, with uh, Fuller and his writing team kind of picking and choosing different characters from different books in the series and having them overlap in a way that they hadn't before. Yeah. Like in, 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 in canon of the books, Will Graham and Margot Berger never actually encounter each other. Um, I mean, Will Graham is just in, he's, he's in one book. He's yeah. in Red Dragon and he's mentioned in Silence of the Lambs, but as a character, he's only in one book. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, but you had said that it was an opportunity to sort of flesh out these characters and, and give a little more time to the audience to get to know them. And in Marco's case, I, I really appreciate that because in, in the book, Hannibal to go back on that again to belabor the belabor a subject although we are we are going to keep mentioning that because a lot of season three is lifted from that this yeah. is just sort of the introduction to that where basically Thomas Harris creates a character who you know his her primary her, her primary character arc is well she's a lesbian so we'll and make her, we'll, we'll make her kind of masculine, you know, and and just you know all all of the you know sort of clumsy stereotypes that you know a a, a let's say a, a probably middle aged to older man would would use to create a lesbian character. Mm-hmm. It reminds and, me a lot of Ian Fleming in his 007 books. There's a lot of. Uh, intensely clumsy uh, pointing out of like, oh, that person's a lesbian, right? Like so, it's uh, like it's mentioned a couple times that she's very strong, mm-hmm. and and that she, you know, she dresses, you know, she dresses in sort of shapeless masculine clothes, and it's like, come on, Thomas Harris. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, great. I mean, that's not to say there aren't some lesbians that do that, and that's not a judgment call. It's just you know, I, I feel like he's painting this character with very broad strokes. Yes. And here she's given a much more um, fully realized ideal, you know, idealization. She's, she is who she is. She happens to be lesbian, but that is not all she is. And how she comes off in Hannibal is the entire purpose of her existence is to say, is like him pointing at a stereotype and saying lesbian and it's super weird. Yeah. But again, I think he fucking lost the plot after science of the lambs. And when you're that, when you become that famous for one type of thing, you, I, you can either find new ways to explore or you go, or you go, you know what? These flights of fancy in my head, obviously I'm right. So I'm just going to double into this. And I don't think it ever paid off from it. I haven't read his new book. Have you? I mean, be tempted to read his new book. Oh, no, 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 no. I, the last book I started reading Hannibal Rising and I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I mean, when he put, it sort on of- the, put it on the paperback. Yeah. Gina Radcliffe of Kill by Kill in the Spool. Ah, fuck this. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're doing with these characters anymore. And I do not care. I don't think he knows what he's doing with the characters. And that's why it's so nice to have someone like Brian Fuller, who's bringing together a team of people and saying, 
How can we bring humanity to this? Not in a real life sense, but in a, because it's an opera, but some level of humanity to it. So they're not just stereotypes. So they're, they're more than just props to be used for weird fetishes you think of in the middle of the night, which is how I view Hannibal. Right, exactly. Um, and this episode, of course, not filled with any weird uh, fetishes at all. <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, you know, a corpse horse, totally valid way to live your life. Sure. Especially We're not if judging. you force a bird down somebody's throat. Um, and into this walks another miracle of the acting age, one Jeremy Davies, complete with the funkiest haircut he's had yet. And that's saying something. And and some sort of implacable accent? Well, he has been kicked in the head by a horse. And as such, he has suffered uh, a, a significant uh, bout of brain damage that has left him... Uh, unable to fully communicate using words. And also he can't make human contact. And when he reaches for things, he can't see the contact being made. He has to do it behind his back. I really love that. This is such a good multi-layered casting because he basically looks this character, Peter, he, he basically looks like Will's kind of cracked out brother. Right. (laughs) And of course, Jeremy Davies playing a long series of cracked out brothers, because at the same time he was doing this, he was playing another cracked out brother on Justified with almost the exact same haircut, but different. It was so uh, bonkers. Like (laughs) he basically, if you see like him and Will standing side by side, it's almost like, here's what's going to happen to you, Will, if you don't get your shit together. I think that is the relationship we have going forward is everyone is seeing versions of themselves. They are seeing if we are to grasp from the current parlance variants of themselves of paths, not taken. Uh, And, you know, Peter honestly is doing okay in a lot of respects. Like he is a caring person. The reason he stuffs a lady in a horse is not because he killed that lady, but because he wants to somehow redeem her. And in his mind, this is going to allow her to be reborn. (laughs) It's not sane, but again, it's not malicious. It's not stringing somebody up on on, uh, scaffolding and cutting their balls off. Yes, right. It's not making a flesh angel out of them or making a corpse totem pole. Um, in his methodology, in his design to use the parlance of the, of the show, putting that woman inside the horse with a bird inside of her is supposed to give her a redemption rebirth. And, you know, that's not sane, but that's also not malicious. And, uh, (laughs) that being said, when he has the opportunity to put the real killer inside of a horse. He doesn't stop to think about it for one second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, the guy has it coming. Now listen, I got a, I got a dead horse. I got a guy who I do not like. 
maybe some time in the dead horse will help him straighten out his life. I mean, that would work for me. <laughs> I mean, true. you know, to go to go back to one of my one of my 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 favorite topics on this show. Imagine how that must smell. Oh man, yeah, it's gotta it's gotta be terrifying to <laughs> be knocked out and wake up inside of a dead animal is it cannot be a good time. Uh, you know, hand did it to Luke and it kept him alive and everything, but still, it that's a lot to to house yourself in a in a dead animal. Yeah, and and what we're you know what we haven't mentioned yet is that the the real murderer is Peter's social worker. Yeah. Who who you know of course from the minute you meet him you're like oh of course he did it of course it's him yes because he cannot stop smiling. No, I mean that actor Chris Dematopoulos, um he, he has a long history of playing versions of this again. <laughs> as many variants of quiet sociopaths with smiles on their face. And uh, he was cast for a reason and he comes off very smarmy. I mean, he is, we've talked a lot about how Bundy wasn't all that good looking and whatnot, but (laughs) you know, he also had that, that smarmy I'm smarter than you bullshit. And that is what he is playing in, in all of his scenes here. I mean, he'd certainly make a more convincing Ted Bundy than fucking Chad Michael Murray. My God, <laughs> what? You know, the world has been waiting for CMM to take a swing at the Bundy. Why don't we just cast? Why don't we just cast Chris Evans while we're at it? Come on, you know. I mean, what the fuck? Why not? Who cares? Yeah, I guess. Um, although I would say that. Evans has the handsome thing over Chad Michael Murray by a good country mile. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, you know, why don't we just go one step further? Yeah. Okay. Why don't we raise Montgomery Cliff from the dead and cast him as Ted Bundy? Well, why don't we just raise Montgomery Cliff from the dead, Gina? Okay. Yeah, I'm good, with that. I'm good with that. Well, let's go out. I'm sure he, like Jason Voorhees, has a very shallow grave. We'll go out when it's raining. <laughs> We'll encourage each other. Do it, do it faster, faster as we dig up his grave. Uh, Yeah. If you're just listening to Hannibal episodes, guess what? We talked about how two local yokels wanted to have sex with Jason Voorhees' corpse. That was like three years ago. Isn't that wild? It It was more than three years ago. It might have been four. Go back and listen to a lifetime. Listen to our back catalog, folks. There are some gems in there. (laughs) There really are. Oh my, oh my, oh my. So what were we talking about again? Oh yeah, that social worker murderer climbs out of a horse, Will's right there. And of course he knows he's guilty as fuck because that's how he ended up in that horse. And he's decided, well, if we're not going to be able to prosecute this guy, I will just shoot him. Shooting serial killers has brought me a lot of peace and joy in the past. Why don't I continue to do that? And he's only stopped by Hannibal inserting his thumb in between uh, the hammer and the and the bullet chamber. Just pulling a Bugs Bunny with Elmer Fudd shotgun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Will is so quietly disappointed. Like, oh, man. When do I get be to, good. When do I get to kill again? When <laughs> I want to kill again. I have a thirst for it, which of course is what Hannibal wants, just not in a circumstance where he will automatically be caught. 
So at the end of this, I was like, and I took notes on this weeks ago because <laughs> for what are, for a long series of, uh, of circumstances, we weren't able to record this particular episode up until this moment. But at that time I was like, man, I just want to hit play. I just want to hit play on the next one. I just want to watch them all not take notes and then just watch and enjoy. Yeah. I, I went, I went right into the next one after this one. I like, I just, <laughs> I just, I just watched these like, like, like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> See, that's what I should do, but I can't, uh, I have to do this when I'm not writing. <laughs> I can't, I can't do my writing assignments and take notes. It's just not a good deal. Um, so that I would say, let's play choose your own death venture, but everyone dies exactly the same way in this episode at the hands of, of, a, of an asshole. Only one of them gets stuffed into a horse with a bird down her throat. So in that respect, it's kind of off the table. Would you eat Hannibal's fish dish? I absolutely would. And also he, he, he made octopus. I love octopus. Man, I had so much good octopus in Spain. I, it just was so good, Gina. Oh. Do you ever have, have, have takoyaki, the little octopus yeah. balls? Oh, oh yeah. God, so good. Man, I was, I lived in Osaka for two and a half years. I got down with some octopus balls. <laughs> for sure. Um, Absolutely. Uh, So that just about does it. Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about television and movies at thespool.net. This month I will be covering Fantasia Fest, so look out for that. Um, And then you can also find me on Twitter under Porcelain72. Do it today, people. Check it out. Uh, Check out our t-shirt shop. Uh, What should we do for a Hannibal t-shirt? We haven't really discussed this, but we should probably have a Hannibal shirt on the site. But what would we do? You would need to tell us what you think is the right way to go. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, That just about does it. I will give a shout out to our friends, Joe and Trace, uh, did an episode on, uh, on student bodies, 1981 student bodies. And uh, it's very fun and it's full of information, information we didn't care to talk about. <laughs> we talked about the movie. <laughs> we were too busy talking about, talk about rubber chickens and all. So. Yeah. <laughs> but they talked about the actual making of it and a lot of the background of it, uh, which is great. And of course, they have a lot of fun with it. And you should just always listen to their show anyways. But I'll, I'll, I wanted to shout that out as well. Uh, we'll be back with more Dish by Dish. And of course, uh, next week, Kill by Kill, we will be talking Amityville 3D with Michael Verratti and Peaches Christ. So you're going to want to tune in for that one. Uh, don't worry, folks. The body count will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.